developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. All right, guys, as we are now getting settled in, this is a number 37, another episode of Father Knows Something. And tonight we have Morgan and Justin. Yes. And this is a, a special episode for me because this is the first episode that we have actually got back into the studio after Morgan's live show. And also, there's stories about that that we'll, I'm going to talk about in a second. And also, this was my birthday weekend. It's uh, Labor Day weekend. And my birthday was yesterday. And um, Happy birthday. And on my birthday, I decided to make dessert. And so I made some incredible one-off desserts that are looking a little melted right now, but they're very special ice cream. So I want Morgan to taste my dessert. You made that I made and Justin to taste what my dessert. What do you mean you made? That I created. Oh, we were supposed to share. Well, you. Well, I'll hold it in case you guys decide that you don't want any more, but oh. I, I guarantee <laughs> that they'll be grabbing this. So it's a very special ice cream pie. Well, but just taste it. Tell me what you th- how I did. Tell me if Father knows something or not. Mm-hmm. So one of them is a key lime dessert, key lime ice cream with a wild, with a sour cherry uh, and a big piece of hair. Fudge brownie in it. I didn't put the hair in there. <laughs> and the other one is, of course, black bottom pie with a fudge brownie base and my wonderful um, Jamocha almond fudge. Now, are you going to give Justin a shot at this? Try holding a mic at the same time. You know what I'm saying? Let me hold it. I got it. Whoop. Whoop. <laughs> Morgan, you want more? After the show. There, that, this was it. I sent the rest away. Do you want it? You better eat this or it's gone. Are you kidding? I'm not kidding. That's a bummer. So you want more? No, not look right now. I, look what I got. It's just too hard to eat. Okay. Well, I'm going to try a sample too because it was so good. Even though I'm not supposed to be doing this shit. Try uh, run it to the freezer? Yeah, that'd be great. Well, apparently my ice cream was uh, not the best that it was irresistible. <laughs> you had to wipe it out. So I was a little more confident than... than no, than, yeah. it's it's very, very good, but I'm I'm ready to get down to business. And I got it. I don't have a napkin. I'm not sitting up. I have a computer on my lap. You know, when I want to enjoy dessert, I want to be in the right I got it. I environment. Got it. So uh, when we were at the show, at Morgan's live show, a wonderful woman came up to me and asked if I was... Uh, Morgan's dad, if I was, you know, from father knows something, if I was Jerry. And I said, absolutely. And it was nice to meet her. And her name was Gabrielle. And she said, I represent a sock company, a small family business, which we are always very prone to. And she says, its name is Fanatic. And we make socks. And we would love to give you some socks for your show because we know you love to feature them. And I said, I always have to have a story with my socks. And so the story is, is really how we got connected with uh, Gabrielle. So she sent us socks and I have, because I had sour ice cream with my key lime, I'm wearing suck it. (laughs) (laughs) These are my suck it socks and they have lemons, 
which is supposed to be very sour, which is nice. And Justin, because we know he, his love for the <gasps> space program. What do you got there, Justin? NASA. And yeah. uh, a little disappointment this weekend as he was waiting patiently for the launch, the uh, oh yeah, the launch of Artemis. But uh, that will be uh, another day. Yep, yep, yep. And Morgan, what do you got? I got little ponies on mine. So if you saw Morgan's pony show last week, that's representative of that. Yeah, horse girl. That's so, right. So uh, again, we'll put a link for Gabrielle's socks on our on our link, and it is fanatic.com. Okay. Perfect. So check out their socks and stuff. And I, I do uh, would love to plan for the future that we're actually going to make a Father Knows Something socks. Okie dokie. So let's go. Let's do it. So today's episode, we have siblings. I love, I've been waiting to do a sibling show. I'm an expert on siblings. So yeah. Says the only child. An only child. He has the perfect amount of siblings. None. That's not true though. (laughs) Siblings are great, but sometimes, you know, I do know that, you know, early in development as we, you know, who's the first one, the second one, the third one, pecking order gets an effect that sometimes affects those siblings for the rest of their life and into adulthood. So I don't know if this will be the only sibling episode, but if you, uh, after hearing this and you have parents that are siblings that may have issues and uh, family members at different ages, certainly write in and share it because I would really like to go more in depth and come up with solutions for siblings to uh, open those paths and those doors to get along well and get away some of the pre- determined experiences that have sometimes damaged their relationships. Who's the heir? So, on that... Who's the heir? Who's the heir? Yeah. Justin... That's sibling drama. Yeah, Justin and I are getting very back into the Game of Thrones world, <laughs> and we're watching House of Dragon right now. Oh. We're, we're big into it. Okay. But let's, let's, uh, let's Dive go. In. Okay. Batter up. <laughs> Batter up. <laughs> okay. So the first one, basically, I want to know if I'm overreacting. I have two topics I would kind of want to get your advice or take on. I'm going to give you a bit of a backstory to both issues. I am a 22-year-old female and have two younger brothers, one 21 and another one who just turned 18. My 21-year-old brother has kind of been a troublemaker or been down a bad road. And I was wholeheartedly helping him get back on his feet. I let him stay with me and my then fiance. We helped him get back and forth to work until he did move out. And still, I would occasionally take him grocery shopping. I called him two weekends ago to remind him of my wedding, which he said he wouldn't miss. It was super important to me that he was there. And then the day rolls around and he's nowhere to be seen. He didn't text or call me. So I was initially worried something was wrong until my mom told me he had talked to my brother, 18, he had told him, quote, his truck wouldn't start. So right away, my mom texted him and called him to see if she could come get him so he could still be there. He dodged her calls, read her messages, and just did not respond. He still hasn't texted or called me. 
I don't have a close relationship with most of my family because of constant behavior like this. So I'm considering packing up the rest of his stuff that I was keeping at my house for him and letting him fend for himself. Secondly, my youngest brother is also getting married. It's a much more low-key event, so they have a Facebook group for it, where I saw my 21-year-old brother and my father would be attending. My father and I haven't spoken or seen each other in three years. I'm obviously going to attend my brother's wedding regardless of who's there, but I need ideas on how to be cordial, calm, and collected because sometimes I can get emotional and too hot-headed and I don't want to make this wedding about me or an awkward scenario for my youngest brother. Ideal outcome? To figure out a way to keep my calm and maybe figure out ways to not be uncomfortable in these situations. Those tools I, I can certainly address. As far as your brother, your middle brother who missed your wedding and his excuse, I'm wondering if there if there's some drugs involved in his behavior and has taken over his life and he is so consumed with, with that lifestyle that it controls him and his behavior. So obviously there's some issues there and that will uh, you know, uh, will play out. And sometimes that gets corrected as they get older and sometimes it does not. So I can't help anymore because there is nothing more that was said about that and that relationship, how to deal with it. But there's, it's not normal in that behavior. As far as how do you deal with your father, that one I can, I can easily help you with because it's really about you having the control and not letting somebody own uh, own you in, in that moment to trigger you off. So if you can be able to walk in the situation and not let whatever they may say trigger you, you can control that. If you want to have a conversation before that wedding and say, look, you know, dad, we have some issues. And I'd love to go into this next stage, you know, to go to this event and really get along and have a great time with one another. I'd like to be able to go over the things that are bothering bothering you or bothering me that we can obviously th this trigger is happening it takes two people to to have an issue and it's not just me you have an issue too with me obviously or i'm assuming you do so can we have this discussion and open this up so we can get through it and get past it and go forward otherwise you're just going to keep making this the this 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 tabletop thicker of problems mm -hmm. or this whatever you want to call it pile thicker so put it into it now as best you can and see if you guys can really identify it and but do it in a responsible way that it's not a yelling match it's not you did this and i did that it really you're going into it that i want to be better and i i'm hoping that we can use these tools for us that we can get along better because we're obviously going through development i'm you know i'm not 18 anymore i'm now 22 and I'm like, I'm going to be 26 before you know it. And I'll be 30 before you know it. And yes, your, your little girl has now become a woman. So can we find a way that we can behave as, as adults together and we can still grow together, but um, not fighting? So I know it's hard to prepare and like a conversation ahead of time does sound like a good idea. But day of, there's only so much that you can control, so much that can happen. Mm -hmm. And I think this is another one of those things where things like I'd almost expect things to be said or some things to start getting you aggravated and just mentally start prepping your thoughts to where you do like, I think you had an analogy for this once where you have an exercise where 
when you start getting all riled up and you're just like about to lose it, there's something, there's some trick you can play in your mind to just get through that day to where when you're about to get to that level, you're like, yep, I'm like, I'm losing it. You can just stop. Think about something. I don't know what it is. A key, like word, thought for, I don't know, whatever you can use to think, like recognize the fact that you're about to go off Mm -hmm. and be able to just dial it back, walk away, go get a drink, go to the bathroom, go do something and just be like, I'm going to get through today. And I'm not going to make a scene today. I'm going to get through the day. Yeah. I, th- I, I Basically, I call it step away from it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if she even wants to have a relationship with her father. So I think a conversation is good in an ideal world where that's like they want a relationship. But I mean, for not speaking in three years, I, it makes a- me think that there's a big divide there. There's a there's, problem. There's a Grand Canyon. And so- I don't think a wedding is a great place for any conversation. Mm -hmm. So I would just, hi, good to see you. Bye. Like enjoy the time with you and your husband celebrating your brother. But other than that, like don't engage. Like literally you see him walking towards you, you stuff some food in your mouth and run the other direction and have your husband be a buffer because he kind of knows the situation with not only the dad, but the brother who didn't come to your wedding and kind of, you know, screwed that up and, Um, That is sad. You know, it's sad that he's potentially going through stuff, but at the end of the day, you know, had people who were trying to assist him and it's just be honest about it at least. And this is is the baby brother's wedding. This isn't her wedding. Yes, this is the baby brother's. So just enjoy the day and have your husband maybe be a buffer and have a good time. Yeah. Don't spend too much time with those people and let them stress you out or trigger you. There's the tools we got. And if you have people like around you, almost in any situation, you want people to get away from you, you could just use the vomit trick. <laughs> What's that? You just look really flustered and just yell, I'm going to vomit. And then <laughs> oh, everyone God. will move away from you. <laughs> have you tried this? No, but one time I did have a very traumatic experience in elementary school where we had our trays. You'd bring trays, like, right? Yeah. Old trays. Yeah. And I brought my lunch and I sat down at the table, like with a group of people and I remember just like vomiting straight onto the table well, you evacuated, there was me. The bench you evacuated me real quick and, on this one and the thought all I remember is everyone just taking their trays and pulling them back like this <laughs> and just looking at me and then they all stood up and left but it worked yeah so you could try that I have a that's similar, like a last case. That's like a yeah, like, last, ditch. last ditch. Yes. So does she vomit on the tray or vomit on her father? <laughs> oh no, she doesn't have a tray. She's just standing there. If you yell that, you yeah. don't have to actually like vomit. That's yeah, not no, comfortable. Just, just walk to the bathroom after you say that. Be like, oh, <laughs> I'm feeling so nauseous. I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. But I have a similar like experience where I wasn't the puker. I was the one that was across from the puker at lunch as a little kid in elementary school. And all of a sudden everyone's just eating and out of nowhere projectile vomit onto the table in front of all of us and it was red like this person had must have just drank a kool-aid but it was a big puddle of just red slush i will hand it though to the people that pulled their trays back because i did never hear about it after that day and no one ever called you pukey which is crazy and no one one called you puke face after that yeah yep it was good (laughs) you scarred him for life though (laughs) i never forgot it (laughs) <laughs> okay, moving along. All right. 
My sister-in-law, Bobby, cut contact with me and my fiance after not selling her a couch. Weird, I know, but she kept getting aggressive. We decided we weren't going to invite her and her family to our wedding months ago. Last month, we decided to have a very small wedding in August. Only our families were invited, and we decided that I get more of the family invited, 13 people, because he wants his parents and grandparents only, six people. This was his choice. We have a limit of 20 people due to our venue. However, recently, my fiance told me that his other sister, Teddy, called him and discovered she wasn't invited to the wedding and got really hurt and was screaming on the phone. He told me he realized he really did want Teddy at the wedding, but we only had one spot available. I told him that we can have her there, but we can't have her son or husband. She got really mad and called Bobby, who got very mad. We've had a lot of issues with her trying to break us up, but we haven't talked to her in months. Today, she texted my fiance and said he needs to find a way to fit all his sisters and family in their wedding, seven more people, or else the entire family will cut him off and Bobby will show up to the house to beat me up. (laughs) She went into detail about coming to my house and harming me until, quote, I understand I'm splitting up their family and will leave. She was very graphic and aggressive. Teddy said she doesn't want to show up, but said they will be at the wedding even if they're not invited, which will void our contract with the venue and we can't get married. I'm upset and I don't know what to do. Is that it? Yeah, I mean, they do have an ideal outcome. Uh, My ideal outcome is for him to go no contact with his sisters, but I highly doubt that is going to happen. Additional info. I've had issues with this side of the family for a very long time. Starting with my mother-in-law, who is in love with my fiancé, and Teddy is weirdly obsessed with my fiancé as well, and Bobby trying to convince my fiancé to break up with me because of my mental illnesses. Him and I are both in individual counseling as well as couples. His family thinks I'm toxic and trying to break their family up because in therapy, he learned how to set boundaries for them, and they believe that I'm trying to distance him from his family on purpose. That's everything. Okay. Well, there's there's a couple different solutions. And this is a, a, like a multiple choice test for you, whatever you choose you want to do. Um, if you have, def- if, it, if money is not the issue, let's, let's just for fun say money was the issue. You picked a small venue, a small place for 20 people because you didn't have enough money to go, you know, go for 30 or 40 or 50 for what? Because, you know, look, face it, weddings cost money. It could be, a person, $200 a person. Some people are 500. I mean, it it can get as goofy as possible. Mm -hmm. And if that was the case, you can certainly go to them and say, look, we, we had to limit this because of our ability with money. And, but if, if we are to change it, it's going to cost this much more money for you guys to come. And and you want to pay 250 bucks a person to show up. We're glad to do it, but we don't have the affordability to this. So please understand it wasn't to reject anybody. It was only for the fact that we were we intended fully to keep it extremely compact. This was the plan when we can do a uh, an after event or something together in another evening, if that will help. If if you purposely left them all out because not because of money, just that you you don't want them there. That's a different situation. Um, and it's, and it really isn't on you to go talk to them. It's really up to their brother, your, your fiance to go discuss the issue with, with who he invited with his family. 
that you guys had limits and this is where we felt it was important. So he should really be taking you out of being the shotgun or, or, or the recipient of the, or the target, the recipient of the bullets, because he had his pick for his family and you had your pick for your family. Mm-hmm. And together you guys decided we're going to do the small of a venue. So that's my initial thought. Morgan, you got a thought on this one? I'll let Justin go first. Okay, Justin. Um, I think if I was ever in a place where someone said, if you don't do X, the whole family's going to cut you off, then whatever family's going to cut me off, I don't want them there anyway. Mm-hmm. Like that would, that would instantly just be like, all right, <laughs> like I what see how whatever. it is. Because if that's the case, then you don't need these people really. And that's just very, that's where it gets very manipulative and weird. And it's just like, whose interest, like, are you there for me or like, what are your, yeah. Well, it's like, I'm sure everyone loves everyone and whatever, but when you make a statement like that, it just colors the whole rest of the situation for me. Well, there's obviously boundary issues because he has to keep resetting them. and, And maybe that's part of this, this whole boundary thing with his sisters in this control. I mean, you know, as you get, as you get into the siblings, you start seeing, you know, the, the older ones try to control the little one and there's all kinds of stuff. So that's where we get into these, the threats, these similar, yeah, these sibling, you know, interactions that there's got to be clarity and, and, and people have to really have a discussion where they're working together and he understands that, you know, that they understand that this is my new wife. We're having a marriage that we, we've made a decision together, not because of psychiatry, not because that she takes meds, not because, you know, that's all we we're a couple. Yeah. We made a decision to do this, leave it small. We're going to have our grandparents and whatever. I mean, my brother got married and said, Hey, there's going to be four people there at the wedding. There's going to be or five. My best man is my son who was three years old. Uh, the, the witness was a, was a friend of his and the matron honor was another friend, brothers, mothers, sisters, fathers. No one else was, went to my brother's wedding. It was that small. Did it, did, did we disown my brother because of it? Not at all. That was a choice that he and his wife made together. They, did it. They're, they're adults and they could do whatever they want. Nobody held anything against them. 13 years later, my mother wanted them to have a, a, a real wonderful wedding reception. She made a black tie affair for them. It was beautiful. We all had a wonderful evening. Everybody was there and it worked fine. So I yeah. mean, you just, it just depends on what you can do and how people are mature enough to to give you the respect and those boundaries and maybe there is a boundary issue yeah i i mean there's a lot going on here i think the threat you point out bobby sounds like a little ringleader here kind of stirring the pot with everyone obviously i'm sure teddy was upset and hurt by not being invited to her her brother's wedding at first so yeah i get it she called her sister but bobby bobby one threatening um we're all going to show up regardless uh, we're also going to come to your house and beat up your fiance until <laughs> yeah. until she realizes that she's splitting up our family and will leave. And then I think OP's comments or our writer's comments about um, how the mother-in-law is in love with the fiance and Teddy is weirdly obsessed with the, her fiance as well. Yeah, There's a lot going on with this family. One, I would say enmeshment. They don't have clear, healthy boundaries. 
Two, Bobby is aggressive and violent and I would be getting a protective order on that crazy lady. So then there's one person that can't show up 50 feet of your wedding automatically. And three, this is probably the biggest and should have been number one. If your fiance is not willing to set boundaries and stick up for you and address this very, very poor behavior, especially threats against you personally and your health and safety, is this someone you want to marry? And I know your ideal outcome is like that he'll go no contact with his sisters, but you highly doubt that is going to happen. And so this is where you may love this person, but this person is not upholding vows that are taken in a couple weeks. Like I will protect you. I will honor you, blah, 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 blah. And maybe your vows are not traditional, but I still think those are basic needs in a partnership. Someone who will care for you, love you, respect you, make sure others respect you. Like this is unacceptable behavior. And the fact that he hasn't drawn a boundary on this is very worrisome to me. So does she have siblings? No mention. Because sometimes, you know, person that has not experienced siblings doesn't take in consideration that there were siblings and nobody wants to divide uh, typically a family apart. You know, you want to do what you can to try to find a way to, to enmesh everybody. I mean, there's positive ways of doing things too. Granted that this family may not ever have the ability of being with, with a positive relate, you know, positive reinforcement because of their dysfunction. So there's all kinds of dynamics going on here that we don't know enough about to, to say that that's why, you know, you go back into the fun, the, the relationship of the siblings to let them define what, where their boundaries are and proper growth. So it's really up to the fiance to go deal with his siblings. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if he's unwilling to, I have a big issue with that, especially when one of his siblings is threatening to beat up his wife. Yeah, that's just dysfunction. <laughs> that's pure dysfunction. It's but- messed up. Also, I'm just realizing we're already in September and this wedding was in August. So we're waiting to see what really let happened. Let us know oh. what ended up happening because. Yeah. Damn. So post it when this comes out. Go into the comments and tell tell all of us that are listening so we really do know what, what did take place for you. Yeah. And I hope it gets better if you are married now. And think, I hope things went well that day. But if you are married now, I hope you know your partner can set solid boundaries for you guys going forward. Wow. All right. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Okay, moving along. I am a 21-year-old female. I have a relatively close family and extended family. The only issue is that my siblings and I get treated differently by my grandparents, and we know it. The reason behind this is, quote, we have a dad. I'll give you some family tree history. This is my mom's side of the family. In total, my grandparents had six kids, one of which is my mom. The rest are my aunts and one uncle. One of my aunts died when she was 19, and my uncle passed away about 10 years ago. So now it is my mom and my three aunts. My mom is happily married to my dad almost 30 years. Another aunt, we will call her D, 
is also happily married with kids. They are a lot younger than myself and siblings and cousins. My other two aunts, M and S, are single moms. M has two kids in their 20s now, and S has one kid that is now 18. Grandma and grandpa have always done everything they can for those three kids that, quote, don't have dads. It has been very noticeable and hurtful to my siblings and I as we have gotten older. They have done many things for my three cousins that they have not done for us. I'm not into material stuff, but for Christmas last year, they got those three cousins lots of gifts and my siblings and I, nothing. We didn't see them for Christmas because of COVID, but my cousins did. They also used that as an excuse as to why we didn't get gifts. Quote, your cousins came to see us and you didn't. Weeks after Christmas, we saw them. To me, it's not the gift that bothers me. It's the moral and principle behind it. They got the most important grandkids gifts and my siblings and my other cousins that also have a dad did not get anything. They also favor these cousins in any argument we might have between us kids. They always take our cousin's side and never my siblings or I. Ideal outcome, I just want to know if I should continue to try and have a relationship with my grandparents. It has been getting harder and harder to be around them because of these things that have happened in the past and continue to happen today. Any additional info? It's hard to explain every situation because this happens so often. It has gotten so bad at some points. My mom has gotten so upset with my grandma, her mom, for never caring for us, her kids, as much as she cares and does stuff for my cousins and taking their sides in arguments. Ever since I can remember, if my parents took my siblings and I to something as small as a baseball game, my grandparents would turn around and take my three cousins without dads to a big twins baseball game without inviting my siblings and I. They would say it's only fair because, quote, we have a dad. They went as far as to take them on a road trip to Florida by themselves because my parents took our family on a trip and didn't invite them. By the way, you can call me May. The end. That's all I got. I have been a part of, you know, families that had both parents. And I have been a family where you've been, there's been a single mom. And I look at the interaction with the grandparents of, and, and those kids. When the single mom uh, thing pops in, it takes that village to, to make up for the fact that that father isn't there. And why that village might be aunts, uncles, and and immediate grandparents, those bonds that in the, the interaction that those grandparents have is almost they take them on like they're their own kids, and they see the other, you know, you know, grandchildren have their their nest and they are busy within their environment and they don't come around as much. The bond that is that is created with the ones that are that are naturally in their life naturally gets stronger. It, it, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that if, if you could step back and take a view of it, that's a natural thing that does really become apparent and, and happens. It's, it would be wonderful if, if the grandparents were doing everything collectively with everybody all the time to balance that out. But sometimes you just can't help it. Sometimes people live in other, other cities you know the, the 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 two single mothers with their kids. It's it's a constant thing because the parents are forced to, to be a part of it because those parents have to work and they need that step in. Do, is there a way that you can? Do you have to distance yourself from your grandparents? No, I think you have to open a dialogue and say, "I recognize this." You know, you're now an adult. You're now old enough that you can say, "You know, 
I know how this happened, but that doesn't mean I love you any less. And I'd like to be able to spend more time with you. I'd like to come have dinners with you on, on Friday nights. Can you set that aside that so we can build our, our relationship? It is now going to take more on you to build that relationship with them. But remember, you're going to have your own relationship. And, and by doing that, you'll have your own bond that will be created. And they'll have their bond that was created. But you just can't turn your back and walk away from it. That would be an immature way of of dealing with it, I think. I mean, some people might think that I'm being you know, too unfair. But it, it just recognize how this thing happened. And rather than, than, than be angry about it, Try to do something about it so you can get the benefit of having the, the full relationship with your grandparents that you are entitled to, and they're entitled to have with you, but you have to help facilitate that, that, that direction to, to make it happen. Because now it's not about your parents doing it, it's you're taking the aim to make sure it happens. Mm-hmm. And that's my, that's my thought. I'd be curious what the grandparents would say if you kind of sat down, laid it all out in front of them and said, Why? Like, what's the reasoning? I'm so curious what they would say. They may not even, they, they may have a reason. They may not, they may go into more of a defensive mode. Yeah. And, you know, they may not have the maturity to figure this out. But, you know, sometimes you have to step away and remove yourself to really see what it is. And rather than trying to hold them accountable for their behavior, of what it is, try to be smart enough to outsmart them and just start, you have a conversation and say, I do feel this, but I'm, I recognize it, but I'd like to make sure that we develop our relationship to be as best as it can be. And I want to have a relationship with you. And you, t- you take, take, take the guy, take the hand to lead your grandparents into that relationship, to share more with them and, and work and be a, to make yourself a part of their life. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't necessarily blame them for the way this has shaped up in in some regards, like I do think it's shitty they didn't get any of their other grandkids with dads any presents. Like it doesn't have to be as extreme, mm-hmm. but the fact that you know these kids have been slighted for so long again and again and again, and it does sound like they've almost been denied a relationship at all. Versus, hey, you know what these these kiddos don't have a dad, and we see you having these special experiences, so we just want to level yeah. the playing field a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because I do understand that because we've kind of lived that in our family. Mm-hmm where me and my two brothers all have different dads and on Christmas Eve I would go see my bio dad and Taylor would go see his bio dad whereas Matthew was left sitting there by himself. Matthew and I went to to a movie. Exactly. It was our movie night. So you and Matthew had this special experience while we were doing other things Mm -hmm. but I never would have gone back and said well you took Matthew to a movie why can't I go to a movie and so you know I put myself in these other kids' shoes where they have been raised by a single mom and mm-hmm. maybe their grandparents have stepped up to help because mm-hmm. mine certainly did. Mm-hmm. And it is that like more village mentality versus just the two healthy present parents. Mm-hmm. And so I don't blame them because in that sense, because if I were those kids and I saw my cousins and everyone else in my family going on amazing vacations with both parents and like getting amazing presents from both parents at Christmas while my single mom can only do this, I I would be sad. Like that mm-hmm. would eat me up. And so they're both hurting. Like both I, both I, sides are abs- hurting. Absolutely. And you know, those those other kids, even though they had that from their grandparents, could still feel like they're lacking because they didn't have a dad. Mm-hmm. So 
I think, yeah, it's just, it's going to take a conversation. And I think investing solid time and Hey, can we do dinners or can I come over and can we bake? Or Mm -hmm. I know you like to garden. Can I come over and help you garden? Like whatever they're into, just spend time with them because, you know, OP May, you did say, um, you weren't into monetary stuff. So for you, it sounds like you really just want more of a relationship and that might be the way to get one. And, And you can have it. You have to develop it. You have to be the instigator. I think it would be smart to separate it, you know, like think about your relationship with them separately than the cousins. Yeah. Because then you know what you're in, why you're in it. Not, not instead of like competing, it's more like, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. And why do you have these feelings? You know, I, I would, I grew up in a, you know, some people grow up that whatever you do for, for child A, you do for child B. And if you do for child B, you do child C. It must be an equal scale all the way around. In my upbringing, my parents said every child gets something different because your needs are all different. So Equity versus equality. So, so do not compare yourself because they got a car, you get a car, or they got a new. Yeah. Everyone's different. You're all going to get the attention that you need for what you need for your best development. Mm-hmm. And don't compare yourselves because if you do right. that, it's a, it, it's just not going to work in this home. And so we never grew up because they got this, I got this. We, none of us were, were treated that way. It was all individual, what we as individuals needed. And my parents really did do the best they, they could to provide individually what we all needed. Yeah. I needed special education. And that was a that was a priority for my parents to make sure I had special education. You know, Susie needed a car to go to school. They provided or Joanne needed it. So everyone got their own thing, what they needed. I, my parents didn't buy me a car when I turned 16. I went out and my dad says, you got to work. That's what's important for you to develop that skill. I went to work and for a hundred dollars, I bought my first piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy that it was only a hundred though. It was, I can tell you all about it. It was a scary <laughs> car. hundred dollars. That's wild. Never forget it. The headline was coming down to drip shit all over me when I would drive it. God, did it have a seatbelt? Uh, it had seatbelts. The, the 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 problem was is that uh, it cost them more than a hundred bucks for me to have that car because I drove their car one night and drove it the wrong way through a movie on a date and popped off four tires because uh. <laughs> I went in the back entrance. No. Oh, kids will be kids. And they came home and they said, why is our car, our new car in the street with four flat tires? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh my God, you drove it home like that? I drove it home gas station to gas station. Putting, hey, and then it happened putting, to you. Wait a minute, Put, putting air in the tire as fast as it was coming out to make the next gas station to get home. And when I finally uh, did get it home, I ended up taking the piece of shit, went back to the movie and paid for it. <laughs> so this is why when uh, Matt did what he did, you weren't freaking six out. Six months. Yeah. There was, a, there, there was always six months amnesty clause in our family by the time I showed up. But you weren't surprised though. Like oh, you no. weren't surprised because you had done the same oh, thing. Oh my God. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, if you could, if you get away with it for six months, you got to come clean with it, but we can't, but we can't kill you. Yeah. <laughs> I think one last thought on this is if you do think from the grandparents perspective, it almost could be a write-in that says, am I the asshole for doing X with these kids and not with these kids? Right. Mm-hmm. And from the cousin's perspective, you think about, you see these family trips, like the trip to Florida 
And like, that's what you'd be talking about. And that's what you'd be conversing with your grandparents about and whatever. So it's not unnatural for the idea to come up like, hey, let's all do like our road trip. Let's mm -hmm. do one with just this group. Mm -hmm. So if you put yourself in the respective shoes, you can really, you know, there's no, it's not, it's, there's no real side to take. Exactly. It's just more like you have to understand where each side's coming from. Yeah. I don't think the situation would have been bad if the grandparents would have put any effort into relationships with the other kids. So like, let's say the twins baseball game example, like May's parents took her to a baseball game. Grandparents saw it and grandparents took the other kids to a baseball game. Great. They had the same experience. But then like, I think on another time, the grandparents could have said, I want to take all of our grandkids and go to a picnic or go to the beach, something that doesn't even cost any money. Yeah. And it's like the grandparents, it's not so much the fact that they gave those kids the same opportunities because they didn't have dads or whatever mm -hmm. excuse they want to use. But it's the fact that the grandparents didn't put effort into the other relationships with other grandchildren. And they're wrong for that. But we also they're don't, assholes for that. But, we, are, but we also don't know way. we also don't know the dynamic that their parent those kids' parents, mother and father were offering to 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 the grandparents as well. There's other dynamics that came into it. You know, this reminded me of a story regarding my mom and her sister. So my grandfather and grandmother, back in their younger years with their kids, were, were building some property, building. L.A. was coming up. It was developing. My grandfather worked very hard. He took his money and he put invested in building buildings. Mm -hmm. So he had a couple of apartment buildings by the time we were born. And my father um, was very successful in his business and was having a really good run. And so my grandmother looked that there was no financial needs for her daughter. When my grandfather died, there was two buildings, there was property. My aunt was right in, in the car at his funeral, having her sign away rights from my mother to her in case that she died, I, that my grandmother died, basically taking possession of ownership of these buildings. And my mother, because my aunt said, you know, Doris doesn't need it. You know, she's got I me. Mean, she's got Milton. Now, my aunt was married. Her husband was a lawyer. I, I don't quite understand this, mm -hmm. but needless to, say, needless to say, my grandmother put everything in her name. And my mother was really, really hurt for years. So it, was, it wasn't until I was 20 years old or 21 years old, I went to my grandmother and my I think my aunt actually was had not either was passed away at that time in the building. One building went to into her kids' names, and the other building was going to go there, but it hadn't yet for some reason. And I went up to my grandmother because she would always want to, you know, she was always buying her grandchildren something like a car. So she came to me and she said, "I want to buy you a car." I said, "I don't need a car." I said, "I want to remember something. If you want to buy me something, that I'm going to remember the rest of my life and and always think of you when I see it." Then let's. I'd like a piano or something. I'm going to have for mm -hmm. the rest of my life. And so we got. We went on this this other binge to go find a piano, which we never did. But one day I went to her and I said, "You know something?" I said, "You did a faux pas, a faux pas." And she said, "What was it?" And I said, "You hurt your your other daughter." I said, "She's never got over the fact that you, the day that my that 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 my grandfather passed, you." literally counter out and gave everything to, you know, sign, you did some pre-signatures with, with Blanche. And she said, she's upset about that. I said, she's, she's always been hurt by it. 
And I said, you need to fix that. And you know what she did the next day? Hmm. Fixed it. She fixed it. She took the other building and put it in my mother's name. Nice. And so sometimes these parents don't recognize it. They put in the fact that the other one doesn't need it or this or that. And they don't take in consideration some of these other thoughts because they just, it were for, they're from different times. Yeah. So let's cut everybody some slack and just put it back to the fact, if you see the problem, the best effect that you can really make is take it upon yourself to fix that problem on your own with, with those, with those people. And that's to invest yourself into them to learn more about them and let them also learn more about you because obviously you are amongst their blood and they're going to love you, but let them appreciate who you are. Yeah. And let's imagine the worst case scenario. Grandparents still don't bite. If, you know, May is putting out these feelers Mm -hmm. and I want to spend time with you and they, they still don't bite. They don't take the bait. they they, They don't deserve you. Okay. Yeah. End of story. They're, they don't, they're not entitled to your attention. I agree. You're a bigger person for trying to, trying to fix it and get to know them because obviously they haven't had the sense to come, come around to really try to know you mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, moving along. Okay. So this one is from this past Father's Day. We're a little late to the game. The write-in inbox is very, very full right now. But I thought this was still an issue that a lot of people could apply elsewhere. Okay. Hi, Jerry, Morgan, and Justin. I hope you all are doing well. I'm having a slight problem with my family. So I, 23 male, am having to choose between spending Father's Day with my family like I do each year or spending it with my wife in two weeks because it will be her 21st birthday. I have already told my family I will spend that Saturday celebrating my dad, but it seems everyone is mad at me and I just want to find an overall peaceful solution. I know my dad doesn't care. He has always been the best and done his best for us. The problem is with my siblings and them saying I'm choosing my wife over my family. I have already decided to spend the day with my wife, but if you can give me some solutions to make peace with my siblings, that would be great. Thank you. Love your show. You guys don't know how many people you help, and it's truly amazing. Ideal outcome? Peaceful solution with my siblings. Well, I, I'm only feeling there's something very special going on that you're going to do your girlfriend's, your wife's birthday on her birthday and something romantic that's going to involve only you guys. And I mean, it's her 21st. I got it. Okay. I got it. That's got a party it. birthday. I got it. I got it. <laughs> I'm with it. And it, it would be much better if her birthday was on a Wednesday night than on a Friday night. I, I, I get it. <laughs> but for the fact that you can't mix them, I'm going to obviously say you can't share the date by doing part of the day here and part of the day there. You've already thought this one out. So let's just roll forward and accept the fact that it's just not going to work that way. That you got to go, that, that your commitment is your wife first and your father second. And there's nothing wrong with that because that's the way life really is once we get married. Our partner is number one. 
and we fill in with, you know, with our, and together we make the other part of what our, our needs are together. But right now our need is just to give her this quality time for her 21st birthday. And it's too bad that that 21st birthday can't be celebrated with everybody to go, the whole family to celebrate her 21st birthday. Party bus. But, yeah, right. But you've, but you've already thought about that, and that's why we're not doing it. So my answer is, you did the best thing you you could do is tell your you know your dad that we're going to do Father's Day. Um, you you may want to drop something off to him the night before, and say, Dad, you know, for Father's Day, I want you to have this. Uh, in real life, Father's Day always starts at sundown the night before. <laughs> so yeah, well, and right. you know, our- and I'm on time, and I love you, and here's for Father's Day, and and I hope everyone else will enjoy their day with yeah. you tomorrow. Yeah. Well, and-, and our listener said they would be spending all day Saturday celebrating their dad. So it's not like it's just like, oh, it's Sunday, and I'm hey, I'm not going to see you, and that's it. It's like I'm celebrating you as a dad. I'm giving you a whole entire day. It's mm-hmm. just. The day before. Right. I think things like Father's Day and Mother's Day, those types of days, don't have to be day specific. The date changes every year. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it's different every year. Who cares if everyone else is doing it tomorrow? We're the main points that we're here to celebrate you and the fact that we have you as a dad. Yeah. So move it a day early. Dad sounds chill about it. Siblings need to chill the F out. Like, I don't know. <laughs> they're being so weird, but yeah, I, and, I've seen it many times. Like, and, and the you're gonna have, and the, I know, and, and they're stuff. gonna have it that, like, look, you guys are one day gonna be together, hopefully. And you know, you have a father, he's a great guy, he lives in Minnesota. And you're gonna say, you know, something, dad, I love you. Here's father's, here's my father's day kiss for you on Friday night, but Sunday I'm gonna be in, in Minnesota, and I'm gonna say, guys, give him a hug for me. Yeah, I mean. I'm getting the vibe that these siblings are maybe younger than our writer because our writer's 23, wife is 21. Yeah. So the comment where the sibling said, you're choosing your wife over your family makes me just think maybe they're a little immature, a little young, don't understand the dynamics Mm -hmm. of a relationship. And the wife is family. The wife is married. Like that is family. So it's not like, oh, you're choosing your wife over us. It's like, no, that's, that's my family too. That's now my first priority. But I think this comes up a lot with siblings and other issues. I mean, I hear it in my family where it's like, oh, you can't leave your husband and just do this one thing with me. And it's like, okay, like see where you're coming from, but also that's their husband. So you you need to respect that that's going to be that relationship and first mm-hmm. priority. So I think there's just a little immaturity there, but I will say it does happen a lot of circumstances across, you know, are these all these write-ins we get and a lot of other situations with families. Well, I know that will never happen in this family that J- that Jason will always come here with a pie for me on Father's Day. Mm-hmm. And candle. Um, so and flowers. Yeah. <laughs> I would look at this as a positive because this is now giving you a, a way to set these boundaries up early. Mm-hmm. You're 23 and if your siblings are younger, this is the perfect time because like you said, 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, it goes all the way through. Oh, it carries. So these, grudge, you, these grudges, these impressions. And by the way, as you get older, they get those rubber bands get tighter yeah. and tighter until they literally break and snap and then someone goes off. Right. It's and so, terrible. So that's why this is a beautiful opportunity to like, Start shutting that down. Well, yeah, and fix and, it. And, but in a positive way, right. that they all understand that they're look, they're gonna you 
I mean, do we all agree that you know when you when you become a couple, sometimes you have to go to one house for Christmas and not the other? A lot of dynamics to work out as a you know, couple. So you you set, you set these frameworks up so nobody has hurt feelings for it. We just understand that we're going to be flexible and things are going to change and for different. And you guys, as a couple, make the priority where we're going to go. And look, no one likes to tell somebody they can't come for a holiday. Right. We all want to be there for the holiday. But I think as a couple. I think just as much as you, if you're truly a teammate with your partner, Mm -hmm. I think there can also be reasonable flexibility on your end as well. Mm -hmm. If it sounds like he decided I'm spending this birthday with her fully and I'm not, I don't want to do the split day thing like you were suggesting, Mm -hmm. right? So there could be a situation later on in life where Maybe it's not her 21st, but it's another birthday and it lines up with Father's Day and they go have breakfast with the dad and then carry on with birthday stuff for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's always ways. That's the beauty of having a very strong relationship mm-hmm. with your partner is you can accommodate each other. You yeah. can sacrifice. You can, it. yes, your partner is number one, but that doesn't mean your entire life has to sacrifice and just be there because they're your number one they should be able to work together with you at the same time mm-hmm. to make the whole situation easier and, and be fair to everyone. Okay. I'm not, I'm not dis- discounting the importance of Father's Day. Okay, I mean, it's some, it's, sometimes it's very important to people. You know, what's really important to this father is that my kids are great, we're, we're fine, and if you guys are able to, we're able to figure out, but we'll celebrate something somewhere, right. even as to a phone call. But we're all recognizing, look, I'm recognizing that these this guy and this you know him this couple may want to go out of town for that day. Right, they're going up to Santa Barbara, for, for lack of a better description. They're going to go wine tasting. They're going to make a whole event, a romantic a romantic night before. And as much as we love you, Dad, we got another. We're going to do it this way. And I, it doesn't mean I don't love you, Dad. Dad should get it. The yeah. kids are having the issue. That's right. I don't. Yeah, think, the siblings. So you know it's. It really is the fact that you say this in life, these things happen. It doesn't mean I love dad any less or love you any less. Of course I love you. And of course I love dad, but guys, come on. I'm right. Exactly. I'm not asking you permission. Mm-hmm. I'm letting you know what I'm doing and that my love is here and you can accept it or not accept it, but I don't, I don't mean any harm against it. And I've, and I don't think dad, if, if dad has a big problem with it, I'll deal with with dad and I'll try to make make right. my amends, but I can't change the plans. This is something that we are doing. Yep. End of story. It's a boundary. Yeah. Good one to set early on. Early on. That's right. Up next, Justin found it. Justin did it. So uh-huh. now I know it's going to be dynamite. We're going to be switching positions here. Okay, we let's are? do it. So yeah. uh, wait, 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 wait. No, no. No. I love when we do that. Okay, okay. I'm good. Ready? Yeah. So this is, all caps, super complicated, but I'll try to keep this concise. Me, 25 female, and my sister, also 25 female, we're identical twins, are considering giving my mother, 49 female, an ultimatum, but aren't sure if we should. So my mother, sister, and I have always been very, very close, and still are, even though we all live in different states. I'm in Los Angeles. Sisters in Chicago and mom is in Texas. Nice triangle. We all constantly talk to each other on the phone and me and my husband even lived with my mom and dad for a few months before moving to LA. So here's where things get complicated. 
I had a very close friend in high school. Let's call him James. James had been living away from his family since he got out of high school, and we would sometimes invite him over for holidays. He and I had kind of a Ross and Rachel thing going on in high school, but nothing ever happened. And by the time I was in college, I was dating, ve- I was dating very different guys and didn't ever develop feelings for him again. But he had written me a love poem, so we talked about being just friends, and that was working great. Last year, he needed to start over and leave the state he went to college in, so my mom offered that he move in with her since my dad is on a two-week-on-two-week-off schedule. So he did. At first, I thought it was perfect. Then five months later, I got married and moved to my parents' house with my husband just so we didn't have to pay NYC rent and could save up to move to Cali. Things got, all caps, weird. When mom and James picked us up from the airport, I couldn't get a word in to my mom about my honeymoon. Her and James were constantly talking and even made a dirty joke. We all liked to play board games together and they always teamed up and would get super close to each other and talk. When my dad came home, my parents' marriage blew up and they have been trying to figure things out, but he definitely does not like James. Imagine that. (laughs) At first, it was just because James didn't do any housework or pay rent or buy groceries, but then he started to feel like James was flirting with my mom. Mm. Imagine that. James and my husband also got in a huge fight, and James straight up asked me how I could be with my husband. Once I even walked in on my mom and James eating dinner together on the couch in the dark with candles going, and she didn't get why I thought this was inappropriate. And to top it all off, sister came home for Christmas, and he was staying in her room, and he didn't give her the room back she had to sleep in. She had to sleep in a cot in the garage. That bitch would be Why didn't James just sleep with the mom in her bed? Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Go ahead. I'm... Uh, I tried to have her sleep in our room, but our dog snored and kept her up. He has since moved out and now actually lives an hour and a half away from me, but him and my mom still talk consistently. She has reassured me that nothing is going on, but both me and my sister have told her how uncomfortable we are with their relationship, and she gets very defensive and always directs a conversation towards how her and my father's marriage is failing. My sister and I want to give her an ultimatum to not talk to him anymore if she still wants a close relationship with us. He has hurt both of us emotionally and we hated seeing him manipulate my mother, but I also don't want to lose her. Last time she visited me, she went to go see him as well and didn't get why my husband and I were upset. I just need some advice here. It's so messy and weird and I love my mom, but it hurts me deeply And I tell her that all the time, and it doesn't seem to change anything. What should we do? Ideal outcome. Just to have my mother pick us over James. I know she considers him her best friend, but I feel like family is more important. Additional info. I straight up asked my mom if they were sleeping together or if she was in love with him. And she said no to both. Wow. Morgan, it seems like you want to jump in on this first or you want me to... I'll, uh, let, I'll let you go, Morgan. Go wild. Well, your marriage, her marriage is potentially failing because she's having an emotional affair with someone her daughter's age. Um, Let's just call it James. James. <laughs> but I don't know. I think it's really tough. Your mom is an adult, so 
if you're going to threaten an ultimatum, you better be willing to follow through is all I'm going to say, because that's true. There's a high probability, a pretty solid chance that she's not going to be willing to cut James off, especially if she feels like James is the only person that understands her or provides her any happiness or support. And, you know, if she's dealing with this failing marriage and James is the only outlet, she's not going to cut James off because cutting James off is, she's got no one then. So true. So really tough, tough situation we got here. My turn. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, Yeah. She's in love with James. It's clear. Now, I'm a, I I do believe that there is something more going on that she's not fessing up to. Far as far as going with the ultimatum to your mom, uh, I think you're better off accepting with the fact that going to your mom and say, Mom, I, I really don't. I mean, you and dad have your own relationship. We're married. We have our husbands. We have our life. And we're happy with where we are. Far as you, if you have a, a difficulty with dad and you want to have an affair, that's your business. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, hold, hold you hostage for one way or the other. I just think that you better work out your shit. And the most important thing is don't lie to me about something. So if you have feelings for him on a, on a, on a level that is inappropriate at this point in time, I'd rather you be honest about it. Don't have to cover it. I don't really, I I don't think she does though. Like, I think she would have, like, that was the chance. Her and her husband are having issues because she is sharing things mentally with this guy that she's not sharing with her husband. Maybe, or maybe they were having issues before, but this exacerbated it. Well, yeah, it's hard to know. It's, yeah, we don't, we have no idea, but I, but, but I don't giving, think she's giving, in love with James though. I think she loves the attention and the way James makes her then feel. Let, then let her be, once, once the daughters say, we are not forcing you to break up with this guy, whatever your need is fine, but be honest with us about it. Because you don't, they don't want to, it's not their job to, to manipulate their mother and what's going on with her feelings. Let her have her feelings. Let her come to terms with whatever these feelings are. They got their life. They got their, their, their husbands. I mean, there it's, it goes back to the story we had before where it was Father's Day. Put, you know, put your, put your positions where you belong. You're, it's, this is your intimate family right now is your husband. That's your business. Your mother's relationship, if it's with your father or with James or with Bob or whomever or, or Sally, it's, that's her business. But yeah. she, you want her to be free enough to talk to you about it and not have to lie to you. But she's not, I think. We don't know. I don't think she's going to be honest when she has a gun to her head. I'm going to interrupt you. She is, she is not going to be honest if she has a gun to her exactly. head. Exactly. And if she's, you know, fearful of her daughters cutting her off or fear of the reaction, she doesn't, I don't think she trusts them enough if anything was going on with him mm-hmm. to open up. So you and I both agree that they have to come come at her with-, with I would f- just say, you know what? Like, mom, your life is your life. Mm-hmm. However, when we come and visit- we expect James to not be there. Or, we, we will not be staying at the house for Christmas again this year if James is there. Or, we no longer want James near us. What about if if they say this? We don't care what you do with James, but when we come home, the, our, we're not sleeping on couches. We have our room. We have our bed. That's what you I want said. James in your bed. That's great. 
but he's not on my bed and he's not going to change my, my, my ability of coming to visit you with the freedom that I come to visit you. That I go along with. At all. At they don't, all. They don't like James. James has caused them emotional harm, they said. They don't want James around at all. James is, as far as they're concerned, James is no longer in the picture. They only hated the James, picture. though, since they started sleeping with their mother possibility. No. Go back. Their problem came with James when, when, when they felt their mother was sleeping with James. It's more the direct. It's yes, but it's what also factors in is it's hard to go in and tell someone who they should date or who they can be in romantic with. Right? I agree. So that's where you cross the line. Before that, though, their problems with James are the fact that James and their husband got in a huge fight, and James straight up asked our writer. How could you be with your husband? Okay, so that's directly James to them, not involving the mother at all. On top of all, the then when the sister comes home, it starts to involve the mother where James has now taken over her room and she doesn't have a place to sleep, which then spirals into um, he's hurt both of the, both of the siblings emotionally and they hate seeing the way he manipulates the mother, which... You know, you you can you can chalk that up to however much manipulation you perceive. The things that I see here are the direct that go from James to them, and then to add on top of that the effect James has on their mother. But it's like what there are things here for them to truly be upset about. Well, she's definitely deflecting. The mom is deflecting all right. over the place, and. You know, I just look at it. She has her agenda and her agenda right now is, you know, this this guy who's on this pedestal is the only thing that brings her, her happiness because her husband certainly isn't. And she's not protecting her husband. She's just trying to cover her own ass in regards to her husband. Yeah. And so there's a big dynamic going on there. The The only thing that I can say that they can do is they have to get to the mother. Where she, they can say, whatever you do, you're a big girl, period. But don't lie to us. Yeah, and just, I mean, the that's, clear that's boundary That's the main of... issue. The mom is not being, the mom is really not being honest because... But maybe she is being honest. That's us assuming. Well, I don't think her, I don't think her behavior is, is demonstrating that. I don't think, again, that's where my head kind of goes, where the mom says, no, they haven't had sex. No, I'm not in love with him. And my head goes to James is making her feel better about herself it's attention that she's not getting from her husband and that's still wrong that could be considered an emotional affair mm -hmm. but i don't necessarily think she's lying i really i you know we we're all guessing here on this one we, we really are we, we don't know the answer because we're we I mean, the answer, we just I think don't we've, know the answer. no, but I think we've discussed the answer. The answer is you set a solid boundary. Mom, I love you. You can't give your mom an ultimatum. I think yeah. that's like, that's very, I agree. No very ultimatum. clear across this couch. You can't give your mom an ultimatum, but you can draw boundaries where it, it pertains to yourself. Hey, we'd love to celebrate the holidays with you, but if James is going to be there, we're not going to be there. Like we do not want James involved in yep. our lives if you want to be involved with james still you are more than welcome to at your own demise at whatever you know that effect has on you but i agree with that we 
do not want to be around James at all. We find James toxic, manipulative. We don't think he respects us, which he's demonstrated, saying comments about her husband. Yes, not absolutely. Giving he up, crossed a line. Not giving up the bed for the sister when that is the sister's room. He doesn't respect Any them. Any gentleman would, would, would say, excuse me, let me go on the couch. He What's this fucking guy's them. deal? He doesn't respect them. He thinks that like, oh, I'm so tight with your mom. I can walk all right. over you too. I'm I'm more of a, a place in this house. I have more of a place in this house than you two. Right. He doesn't respect them. So he is putting more power to his penis, I am I'm going to say, than anything else. And that is that's the problem. That's why I'm going back to I think he's to, just gotten a little to too comfortable. One. Huh? He's yeah. gotten a little too comfortable in this house and he's made a lonely woman. He's taking advantage of someone who's very lonely and needed someone and I mean, the fact that the mom said, like, James is her friend or whatever she said is, it makes that seem more true to this me. Is, this, this family's in Texas. This all sounds like the father's on an oil rig. He's offshore. They go on two weeks on, two weeks off. It's exactly what it sounds like to me. Yeah. And I imagine being very lonely in a life like that for long it, periods it, of time. It, so it, it works for some people and some people it does not. Yeah. That's correct. So set your boundaries, but. I don't know if you can give your mom an ultimatum without it really backfiring on you and hurting your relationship with her. Yes. Yeah. So we all agree one thing, no ultimatum. Yeah. Boundaries with James. Yep. Well, that's all I got. We're moving to Patreon with a really good one. So everyone, that's uh, this is show number 37, episode 37, right? Maybe. You know, it was because I know this. <laughs> <laughs> he was right before. And anyway, so we, we thank you for joining us for this evening and we look to uh, have you join us on Patreon that's coming right up, as Morgan said, and we'll see you next week. And we love you. And maybe uh, in the near futures, we'll bring uh, we'll get Holly back. That's right. Take a chance. Wait, 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 because I'm prepared. I'm prepared for Holly. Want me to show you? Oh, you got the socks, the holy socks. Again, this was from our <laughs> wonderful friend, Gabrielle. And we have Holly on the socks. Yeah, those would be really cute when you get to test them out. See the little paws? Yeah, they're cute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye.